this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. As our characters are fearing and loathing in Las Vegas, we are on a trip to Vegas from the King's Dominion. And let me tell you, a lot of stuff goes down. We have a lot of familial issues. We have a lot of crazy mental issues. And a lot of characters that are supposed to be there, but they're not there. I don't know what's kind of going on. I think we got to break it down because this is really driving me a little bit insane. Let's go. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV. The ESPN of TV Talk. Now, let the buzz. Welcome to the Deadly Class After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. We are talking about Season 1, Episode 5, Saudade. How do I pronounce it? I need some help. Saudade. Help me out here. Saudade. Saudade. And what does it mean? Um... Like missing someone. Missing someone. Like, well, yeah. I don't think we're going to be missing anyone after this episode. But, oh, we miss Jaden. I still miss Jaden. We still miss Jaden. Guys, it is such an amazing episode tonight. And obviously, we couldn't break it down alone because, as we said on Twitter, we have some pretty amazing people in the studio right now. Obviously, I'm not talking about myself or my co-host. I'm talking about our special guest today, Maria Gabriela de Faria. Welcome uh, thank you to guys. the studio. But thank I'm, you so much. Just kidding. My co-hosts are pretty great, They're too. They're pretty cool. <laughs> They're pretty great, too. What the hell? As always, joining me tonight, I have Raven French. Hello. Angelica Trey. Hello. And Veronica Valencia. Hello, and you are? I am Stephen Lemieux, and I am excited to talk about this episode. Before we get into it, I'm going to tell you, we're going to be breaking down by the road trip, some crunchy hippies in there. Our thoughts on what we thought was going down with the security guard originally, but then kind of that got flipped on its head. Meanwhile, Billy and his dad and Ikea, you'll know what we mean in a minute, and Mark is this trip. <laughs> With Chester finally taking some action away from Shabnam, you know, he, he he left the drug dealer alone for a bit to take a quick sideline trip to Vegas, and then obviously we have to talk about Jaden. I mean, uh, Chico. Jaden! <laughs> I miss him, too. We all do. He Ray was Jane one of back. the most important characters yeah, in the show. Yeah, I know. I would say he's the backbone. He was the He's the backbone of <laughs> He had so much potential and we will never get to see. He kept yeah. Marcus away from drugs. True. Yeah. Technically. He could have come back on this show. Did he? He, he could have. I didn't see Marcus do drugs before Jaden died. 
That you got a point. Mm. I'm saying that's all I'm saying. But first, I want to get into our overall thoughts on the episode because, wow, whoa, wow, wow was right. Uh, Veronica, you go ahead and start. Okay, so effing good. <laughs> My gosh, like yay! I completely understand Maria why this is a lot of the cast's favorite episode. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'll speak as from a watching the show and then from reading the comments. From watching the show, it's just a loaded episode. There. You ne- there's never a moment of stillness. There's always something going, 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 and it keeps you on your toes every single minute. From the comic perspective, so, so faithful. From the 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 cocaine in the bathroom with the yeah. girls, Marcus on acid with the bum drugs <laughs> under the car, to The bikini everything. was exactly like the mm-hmm. one in the comic, but mm-hmm. red, because mm-hmm. that's Maria's color. Hey. But ev- everything was so faithful, and it just, oh, it made me so Were happy from a comic reader. Digital mountains in the comic as well? Sure. Oh, <laughs> the digital mountains, Those we have to wait for them to leave. Mountains. They have to leave. Uh, what'd you think, Angelica? I thought this episode was amazing. We saw some of the deadly class get very, very deadly here. We saw a lot of stuff uh, finally reach ahead, and we saw some of these relationships sort of resolve themselves. Some threads get get loose threads get tied up, and some really cool cartoon work. Okay, like a great yes. trip in there. So. Great trip in there, yeah. Great trip. I great think, trip. I think it was. Your, your word of the day. <laughs> yeah. So is that a pun? I don't know. I think yep. if we count trip as pun this episode, Maria yep. says yes. Maria says yes. <laughs> yes. We're going to owe so much money. So we tally I'm our puns standing. here, Maria. And when we say puns or when we mention Jaden, we have to throw a 50 cents in. And then okay. We're going to get rich. We've mentioned Jaden. I mean, am I part of that? You can be. Okay, great. I'm totally down. You can make us poor. Awesome. You could actively mm-hmm. ruin us. Uh, I will say that I am excited to talk about it. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. But Raven, I want to know still, what did you think? I enjoyed this show a lot. You guys know I always get upset because I want to see Willie kill someone. Uh, I, <laughs> I never thought I'd root for <laughs> what? it. I want to, I don't know. I feel like, he, oh, okay, we won't get into it. I'll just say but overall. But I know why. Because it's, it's kind of taken his power back. He, I feel like he needs that to break away from his past and his mom and to for him also to feel, you know, like he deserves to be in the positions he's in. See? She gets uh-huh. me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just kind of like, wait, so he shoots his dad accidentally. Let's fix that. He got to kill somebody. He's there, and he's... Oh, my God, I've been in King's Dominion for so long. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard myself, and I'm like, mm-mm. Did, it sound right? did you? Did you or a loved one have a traumatic experience? Try murder; it'll clear that right oh, up. Oh my God. <laughs> Get your street cred straight. All right, my so sp- moment, I guess. Speaking of yeah, which, opposite. Yeah. I'm so proud of you, Raven, because you joined this panel not knowing if you'd like sci-fi or this kind of genre stuff, and now you're cheering for the murder of civilians. <laughs> you're really fitting in here. Well, for Chico, he was punking him. 
Well, that Come makes sense. On. Chico was acting out of fear, and we can get into that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm deeply concerned about you. <laughs> I don't like Chico. It's just his character. It adds some good contrast. Can we roll back the tape? He's a beautiful character. Oh, yeah. Kidding. All right, we got to talk about don't this road me. trip. <laughs> don't quote me. So on the road trip, they end up at this farmer's market of drugs. <laughs> farmer's market. Which I don't know if there's an actual address for, but I feel like a lot of people are now going to be trying to find it. Oh, uh, I'm sure there's one that exists. It yes. has to. I feel like... Oh, my God. So, what was it like filming this? Because you said they took it back so many times to this scene. Were there were these all just extras that they dressed up in really crazy stuff to be hippies? Yes. And they all had these great skills. Like, one of the girls was, like, a really great yogi. And she would do these postures with her body all crazy all day long. And then, I don't know, they would all do crazy things. And every take was different. And every take was, you know, there was something new for us to see. Um, and we didn't have to drive. Lana was driving. So we were pretty much just <laughs> sitting in the there, car. chilling in the car. Yeah. So through all the casting of that, I, ha- I, I mean, this is, this is a question I'm just very curious about. With contortionist jugglers and all this kind of stuff... The hardest person to cast was somebody who liked Steve Miller Band, wasn't it? What do you? I, <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm he traded two tickets for a blowjob for what Steve Miller. Oh, right. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. I'm sorry. Oh Steve God. Miller's good. No Steve judgment. Steve Miller is great. He is. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I will fight you. Yeah, he looks like it, too. You I can quote her on that. I was making a joke out of fear, guys. Out so of fear. They get the acid, they get the bunk acid, and the next scene we have them all at the bar, and they are going through the ringer. He already took his piece, but actually, no, they're not at the bar yet. He just took his one acid. How did this work? So he spent the hundred dollars on the sheet. Spent the whole hundred dollars on the sheet. Then they went to the bar. Then they mm-hmm. left the bar, and that's when he's under the truck. But everyone's tripping balls. Like the only person who's not tripping is Billy. Yeah, right. Right? Because mm-hmm. they dumped it in everyone's mouth. I didn't think anyone spit it out, but they're all kind of freaking out. But not Curtis. But here's the thing that I wanted to pose to you guys: What do you think's a bigger trip? What Curtis? What Marcus went through and everything? Or what Billy's going through with this episode. Because I like the dynamic that, like, he's the only sober one, but he, I would argue, is going through the most traumatic experience this episode. I mean, aside from Chico, but we don't care about Chico. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> Sorry. I, no, I was going to say, Stephen, I completely agree with you because Billy is going mm-hmm. through something very emotional. And granted, his dad was very shitty, but it was some it was someone who brought him into this world, someone he had an attachment to and someone he loved growing up. Marcus, on the other hand, just kind of gets the shit beaten out of him, which growing up on the streets for so long and being in the boys' home, he's kind of used, used to, to at this point. It sucks that he can't have a fun moment ever because something always goes wrong, <laughs> but it's something he's kind of just come to understand, I don't even want to say understand, but come used to at this point. The thing about Billy's strip is that that's going to stay with him forever. Mm -hmm. And Marcus's strip is going to end eventually. But Billy is going to be regretting and thinking about killing his dad and and, and the aftermath of that forever. Mm -hmm. That's never going to stop. So it's, it's quite the trip. Of a lifetime. You're so really this hitting this pun. Yeah. <laughs> making us all a lot of money. So let's talk a little bit about the the sentence that I want to bring up right now is when he's in the car and you have the little leprechaun that comes up, by the way, you know, gotta love acid trips where they bring in all the imagin- imaginary crazy imagery. Uh, we'll talk about the animation in a second, but the, the leprechaun tells him, 
you get out of the trip what you bring with you. And I want to apply this to all the different characters as we go through this episode and as we cover the episode, because I feel like right now we're kind of talking about Billy. So with Billy, do you believe, like, how would you make that work, that he got out of this trip what he brought with him? Hmm. Because in my mind, he came here with a purpose to kill his dad, but... As soon as he did it, all he could think about, or even beforehand, all he could think about was the good things that his dad did for him and how his dad's not that much of an asshole. He's trying to convince himself that his dad's a good person. Do you think Billy got what he took with him out of this trip? Mm, I'm going to need some help on that one. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a toughie. I, I definitely think, um, you know, a lot of what Marcus got, a lot of those sort of very vague... Um, whisperings to him, you know, through different people or creatures during this thing, but definitely going along with Billy, um, he did walk in to this trip, you know, with a specific goal, and we already kind of knew his character was struggling a lot with this. Coming out of it, we're going to see, I think, a lot of guilt, but um, I, I think Billy is for the better, hopefully, coming out of this? I don't know. What do you... Mm. I think Billy, at the end of the day, just will be satisfied. Because even in the last episode, he was really battling with the decision to murder his father. Because even Marcus had the comment of, you're just a kid who loves his dad. So I think he'll always kind of be struggling with that balance of, he deserved to die because of everything he did to me and my family, but he was also my dad. So I think it'll just be a continuous struggle as he goes on in life, honestly. Yeah, I've, she just helped me because then if he brought guilt with him, mm-hmm. he's bringing guilt out of it. It's just a different... Now it's the guilt of killing his father when before it was the guilt of maybe leaving his mom, leaving his brother behind. And No matter and what, he, there's going to yeah. be guilt. And he brought that in and it's just coming out in a bit of a different form, but he's right. taking it back home. So I'm worried about him because I think he got more than he bargained for. I think he didn't go into this trip bringing with him the intention to kill his dad. Because when you watch the scene, he didn't do anything in the way that it would make sense for him to try to kill his father. They didn't really plan ahead. He said that he was going to plant an explosive device on the door. He didn't do it. He just went in there and started wailing away on his dad. His dad was beating the crap out of him. And without that coffee table, I have no doubt their dad would have survived. Yeah. So in my mind, I don't think he was ready at all. And I think he's getting way more than he bargained for. Yeah. And also, he's he's not the best student at Kingston. <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, I believe his strength and his weapon is his humor, but it, he's not a skilled assassin. Mm-hmm. He he's very weak, so he doesn't really know he's there because somebody else put him in that position. But he 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 doesn't belong in that world, so he doesn't really know how to fight. Um, so I, I totally agree with you. He, he got lucky. Well, mm-hmm. even kind of going off of what you're saying, Maria, and him not being the best student, he's also not a murderer. He's not. Like, I can say, I, can, I feel like I can definitely say Willie and Billy are the two characters that are not murderers. They're the most pure, of right. pure souls at King's Dominion. But even Maria, we saw this episode, she has done some things, but it's not anything she ever wanted. No, right. that's not her life, for yeah, sure. Exactly. She doesn't, she doesn't want that. Um, she's not a murderer in her heart. I think the only one is Saya. That's that's been doing that forever, and mm-hmm. because it's a family business. Okay. Um, but the rest of us, we're just there because we have to. 
Is right. Chico? Chico is... Chico's a, oh, Chico's of, a whole different thing. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he straight up killed... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say his name was Owen at the convenience store. Owen? Owen! Yeah. I like it. Owen had six kids. He oh, did. Yeah. He was paying six, yeah. single-handedly. He was paying them Yeah. Through Are we going to take a moment mm-hmm. for Owen? Can take a moment for Owen. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Not so for that, Chico, though. Not for Chico, no. We won't take one for Chico. Then Billy, because he knows he can't beat his father. He already knows that. So that means he probably just went in there to talk to him or I, say I think, why or give me some answers or something. I think so. I think he I think he actually went in there because Marcus wasn't with him. Marcus right. wasn't like pushing him towards, hey, murder your dad. Mm-hmm. Aside from, hey, let's go to Vegas to murder your dad. And, <laughs> um, I think he was trying to figure out what he was doing. I don't think he had any idea what he was doing. And I love what they said in the chat. I'm trying to look up the the, the who said it, but they said uh, Javier Quintiana said he got what he came in with, confusion. And I think it's very accurate, and that's a really poignant statement because this character has seemed very confused this entire series so far, and every time he tries to build up the courage to do something, he kind of screws it up in any way, shape, or form. Just as he's building up the courage in this episode to try to kill his father, or when he tried to approach his father back at the house, he said he could have killed him. He said that he had a hit shot on him, and he didn't. And then, especially with Petra earlier in the series, in the season, where he builds up the resolve, goes up, and then just totally screws it up. I don't know. With this character seeing it moving forward, do you think that Billy will learn from this and actually follow through on anything? Or do you think he's going to continue this curse of just ruining everything he built himself up to? I think he's always going to be someone who second guesses himself. Yep. Killing your father doesn't fix that? No. Damn it, I gotta make a call real quick. Uh, okay, well, let's think of it this way. Did he actually kill his father? Does he think he did? Was that yes, of murder? Course. Was that murder, though? Well, Not they, technically, they, they but... They planned it, and it happened. Right. So you're always going to think it's your fault. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter. Your dad is dead, and you weren't there, and you were trying to kill, trying to kill him and talking to people about it, and then you hid the body. The end result was his dad is dead. And it wouldn't have been that result had he not been there. But I know what you're saying in that if he leaves that situation, he'll always have doubts whether he was the one who did it or whether it mm-hmm. was an accident mm-hmm. and it's just not going to get closure or anything. It's not quite like the Marcus and Rory situation. It's or, not like right. Chico got his closure with Owen and Maria got her know, closure with Chico. Chico. Exactly. It was a struggle and it resulted in a death, but... Is that necessarily that defining moment within the ra- you know the rats and the deadly class and rising up here? Bless you. Bless you. I don't Bless know. You. Um, also, you just reminded me of a part I laughed out in the episode was when Owen said, "You're not going to do anything with that knife, boy." And I'm like, Chico's name is Boy in Spanish, and I thought that that was pretty funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> True. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You're welcome for reminding you. Yeah. That's what I was building towards, actually, right. that whole time. That is what you were building towards. <laughs> um, the Ikea joke at the beginning, obviously, coffee tables come in a lot of handy here. My question to you guys is, do you think it would have been made, made better sense? First of all, we don't know where the body went. We don't know what they did with it. Right. Uh, would it have made more sense to just call the cops at that moment and be like, hey, my dad was in a fight, he was hitting me, and he tripped and hit his head on a coffee table? No. no. <laughs> The thing is that it, it's a rule in King's Dominion. Right. We we have to be kind of ghosts. Like, people hmm. cannot know that we exist. So if we go to the cops, we're fucked. So you don't have, like, IDs or anything. Nobody even has kind of... 
no, you can't. An assassin can't have a family, an identity, nothing. You have to be able to disappear like this. Okay. Interesting. So let's move on to Marcus's trip, which we first see him with bloody hands in a security desk at Vegas. What, what were you guys' thoughts on this? Like, where did you think this was going or what even happened originally before we know what happened? I mean, I feel like it's very obvious because of last episode that the very end Billy is saying, let's go murder my dad. The first thing you see is Marcus high out of his mind with bloody hands. It's very obvious to put two and together and think, okay, something about Billy's dad. Mm. That's why he's there. Right. right. I thought it was the dad or Chico once we saw him following them. So then it just became, who is it going to be? But wait, did you guys... You didn't expect that it was Maria who was going to kill Chico. Someone said it earlier. Remember, well, you, you asked this you question read, you, on I, a different episode. You, you, re, you read the comic, so you yeah. already knew. But I feel... But here, but I also... even With reading the comics, but I also feel like it had to be Maria in the end, because I feel she's the only one Chico really wouldn't suspect. He would let her guard down around her. Because he, he thinks he controls her, and he thinks, oh, she would never betray me because of what I hold over her. Yeah. So it was a perfect blindside, and I always felt like it would have to be Maria in the end. I would assume it'd be Maria because of the bipolarism. Right. Mm-hmm. But she's taking her meds yeah. at this point. But maybe Vegas, she didn't bring them with her. Maybe. Hey. I mean, she was ready to escape. She had her passport and everything. That's the whole reason why she went to Vegas. So that's the only reason she came with then. Is yeah. she's, she was planning on flying out of Vegas? Mm-hmm. Got it, because Chico wouldn't have been there. Yeah. And they had no idea that he was going to come. Can I just, uh, I just wanted to say something real quick to Maria. The one thing that I, in reading the comics and watching the show, that I really appreciate about Deadly Class is how it how it addresses mental health. Yeah. And I think, at least right now, it's becoming more obvious with Maria and Marcus right now how they're addressing it, Maria with her bipolarism and Marcus with his anxiety, how in the very beginning he's talking about how he thinks about how he acts with people over and over and over again. I think that's something a lot of people today relate to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And to me it was really important because I believe we all deal with some sort of fear and anxiety. I have anxiety. I, I, I've been dealing with it for years and it's been really bad. And I, I've had moments where I, I can't function because I, I'm having constant panic attacks and I've lied to my friends and my family because I don't want them to to think that I'm crazy and since playing Maria I'm way more honest about it and I like to talk about it and share that part of myself with people because then it no longer belongs to me alone and then the more I talk about it the more I know that we all have kind of that anxiety within ourselves Mm -hmm. because it's a really tough world so it, it is really important. Also, Marcus has depression, and, and, and he loves to talk about it. So we have two sides of that, um, of the mental health issue in the show, and I really love it. It's my favorite part. So speaking cool. of mental health, going into Marcus's trip and applying that same principle of he took with him what he, or he had a trip of what he brought with him, yeah. what are some of the things that you noticed that he brought into that trip and manifested from his past? Because uh, I don't really get the elephant reference too much. Uh, is that the Republican thing, probably, for Reagan? Probably, Is that yeah. what we're thinking? Mm-hmm. Okay, so there was Reagan, there was the elephant. He talks about his parents a bit. He brings Lynn into existence, uh, which that was a nice blindside that Lynn wasn't actually even there. Um, he also brings Fuckface into existence. 
Or was he there? Does he? Right. I mean, I don't know. Do we know for sure that he was? I mean, I feel like I shouldn't comment. Hey, can we? So, as, I, going off of that last scene alone, I say yes. But did okay. he see? Did Marcus see him? Was he there in the elevator? Did we he know see? he was there? Like in general, I mean, I, I, think, I think he yes. was, but I'm I say, still say yes. I think it is open to interpretation, mm-hmm. even though it's pretty. It feels like it was, but I'm wondering: Does Marcus have some lingering doubts about what happened? And because that is what his cred's based on, and that is something that would be on his mind. But he doesn't know that fuckface's face is messed up. He doesn't know this. That's true. And why would he manifest that then? That had to have happened. I mean, everyone's face looks messed up when you're tripping balls That's like that. Everything melts. I guess, but the way it was shot, at least, it looked like an extension of, of that sort of, um, you know, what happened to him and how his his face looked. So I I, I would say he actually saw him. Uh, yeah. Ice-T, on the other hand, I don't know. <laughs> True. <laughs> Bitches, why you put your trash in here? Ice-T. We love you. My favorite part. I'm just playing the devil's advocate. I definitely think that he was there, but I think it is open to interpretation because I'm also wondering, like, does Lynn know about what happened or that he was in Vegas? I don't know how he would, but I like the fact that he brings him up because it kind of shows us his mental state of how he views people around him. Um, Lynn is brought in because he feels like Lynn is Mm -hmm. all-knowing. He feels like there's nothing that he could do that's not under the watchful eye of Lynn. And then he also brings in, you know, Reagan because that's kind of his purpose in life. But it's like, you know, the purpose seems more like a terrifying thing that's kind of chasing him. And he even says he's being chased by the devil. So is his purpose something he wants or is it something that he feels like it's something chasing him that he feels obligated to do? I think at King's Dominion, Marcus feels like his purpose is Reagan because everyone there has to have a goal of, you know, who they want to take out. But I think his real purpose in life is to find community, to find people who love him, people who accept him because he hadn't had that his entire life, because he lost his family so long. And I think with him on his trip, we saw him bring... saw more so his loneliness and how much it's really affecting him and how even in King's Dominion, it's hard to find. Yeah. And also, you sometimes get so obsessed over something and you feel like you really want that so badly that it starts chasing you down like it starts it it it, it gets power over you and and that's why i believe it's also happening to marcus that he's so obsessed about killing reagan and 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 that it's uh, it's controlling him he's 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 always talking about how he doesn't belong in this world and how you know um he he likes to be alone and 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 king's dominion they're all crazy but he's slowly becoming one of us without even knowing it Okay, you say one of us. It's perfect, right? <laughs> one of us. One, one of, of us. us. <laughs> oh, man. So let's go ahead and talk about the blood on his hands, too. Do you think the blood on his hands is a manifestation of Billy's dad, or do you think that's more for, I can't remember his name right Rory. off the top. Rory. Rory, thank you. He, he could have been Jaden. All of it. Could have, it could have, yeah. It could have very well been a sign of, like, anyone. He feels maybe responsible for his parents because he wanted to go on the walk that day. He probably feels responsible for Rory. You know, obviously he feels responsible for Billy's dad because he helped. Like, he didn't have to step in, but he did. I think it's a lot. I think Marcus feels a lot of guilt, and that blood symbolizes a lot of the guilt that he feels. Mm-hmm. His parents were alive a 
few times during the trip, mm-hmm. even with uh, Lynn. Yeah. He said, he call said, your mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was very surprised that he seemed to have forgotten that his parents were dead. Because that's kind of like the whole character-building thing that like forced him into poverty and forced him onto this road of mental instability. Uh, I don't know. Like, Was that surprising to you guys at all? No, because I feel like a little boy. I mean, when you're not in your right mind. Yeah, you go back kind of- to that moment before everything changed for you and shit hit the fan. So I believe Marcus went back to that time before his parents were dead and when ev- everything was great so he could kind of talk to them and say my I, don't you think that that's something that you would like to do if you know you're, you if you were in that situation like maybe go back and tell your parents my life is fucked up but it was not your fault like it was all on me it's i i believe it's all you would want to do and marcus he's such an emotional guy that mm-hmm. of course i mean that is what the uh, final monologue at the end of the episode is where he says, for a moment, you feel like everything's back to normal for a bit, and then it ends, and you're back to mm-hmm. what he is. And he's recovering from a days-long acid <laughs> trip in Vegas. A few days he did not sleep. And yeah. somehow he's ended up, uh, you know, getting himself a girlfriend, I guess we could say. Wow. That's crazy. Like, <laughs> uh, how? Guys, don't. Can, can I? Can Just, I? Can she I? shipped it. Well, so here's the thing. Can I tune in, chime in with this right here? Okay. Sure. So obviously, obviously I shipped Maria and Marcus. And the reason for that is because I think that their goal in life is very similar. They both want companionship. They both want families. They both want to feel um, wanted. And I know some people are shipping Marcus and Saya. And the reason I just don't ship that is because I feel Saya in her life wants to finally feel like not a weapon, not a murderer, not to be used in that sense. And I feel like whenever she has a chance to break free, and gain her freedom, she'll want time to develop as a person instead of having to kind of like be with someone. Hmm. That's just my take on it. I just think Maria and Marcus have similar life goals. That's which what makes I them think compatible. too, yes. And I also believe Saya really, I don't know if she wants this life, but she's great at it and she knows it and she doesn't think she's going to be good at anything else. So this is what she has to do to um, kind of get her life back. Okay. Well, that brings up an interesting point, though, because if this is what she had to do to get her life back, what's her life that's back going to be compared to her life that isn't back? We don't know. That's Saya's a mystery, so... Well, also, let's talk about Maria. Well, ow! Because Marcus and Maria are kind of a thing in the backseat of that Cadillac... (laughs) Running off into the sunset with Saya looking all jelly in the front seat. Here's the thing. Maria just broke free from Mm -hmm. this horrible guy and this horrible relationship. And she's getting herself in another relationship right away with a guy that's broken inside, that just killed a guy and 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 who had who, who took seven hits of acid. Just just a lot of bad decisions right she there. She killed the guy too though. Yeah. First date status. <laughs> yeah. They both killed a guy. The first date. First I, date to Vegas, both killed a guy. Yeah. Married seven months later. Yeah. yeah it was meant yeah. to be. Children, little baby assassin. Little oh. baby assassin, yeah. What I want to pitch to you guys, and we'll talk about the scene between them when, when she's sitting down and talking to him while he's tripping absolute balls, but do you think, because originally in the series I asked you the question, do you think Maria's using Marcus? And if you're going to view Maria as somebody who uses people, she got what she wanted if she was using him. Oh, 
I think, yes, in the beginning she was, because as I, I made a point earlier, I think Maria was too afraid of Chico coming after her if she ever tried to leave him or end it. And so I think Maria was trying to have someone help her get out of that toxic relationship. And who better than Marcus, who hates bullies, who doesn't like people being used, she sees this opportunity to get out of a relationship, but I think obviously over time she started realizing they have similarities. So maybe not being used anymore. Right. She didn't know Marcus at that point. She all she knew was that he had this great uh, reputation of, of killing a, a bunch of kids, killing orphans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so of course oh, he's a, a cold blooded murderer. So there you go, kill my boyfriend. You won't even care. And he stuck up for her, and at the the locker scene, yeah, yeah. she never yeah. had that kind of yeah interaction. True. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. Maria was originally using Marcus to kill Chico, but. She ended up having to take that responsibility into her own hands. So it's not necessarily Maria getting what she wants. I'd argue that she still used Marcus to kill Chico. I think, honestly, it was flipped on its head a little bit. She was defending Marcus. She was defending Marcus. She needed somebody that she had to care about enough to kill Chico. And now that Chico's gone, I think Marcus is a complete second issue. I think it's... She told Marcus she to run no, in the end, too. She has no reason to still be interested in him, is what I'm saying. I mean, think of, think about it this way. So I couldn't help but imagine at that moment where she's lift, uh, Maria is lifting up Marcus's head. Um, at the very end of this episode, I thought of that, uh, what was it, the detention? It wasn't the detention episode. The one where they were all dying and they needed to take that one uh, herb? It was, uh, three, I think. Where they, uh, where they all uh, got, like, the gas. Episode, episode two. Episode, episode two. two. Maria takes it. She saves Marcus first. And I couldn't help but think of that moment. Maria deeply cares about Marcus. And I, she I, deeply I, cares about everybody else but Chico. But <laughs> Marcus is first. And Marcus yeah. is what pushed her over the edge to finally kill Chico. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she used Marcus to kill Chico. No! <laughs> She's not saying that! No! It's Marcus I'm that caused her to do what she. It's, I'm just saying. Do. If He's I'm, her motivation. If I'm in jail okay. in Amuse. Detroit and my motivation is to get out of jail and I see Detroit, I'm like, yeah, that's my motivation. But once I'm in Detroit, I'm like, man, I want to get the hell out of Detroit. That's all I'm saying. I used Detroit, it got me out of jail, but now let me move to Los Angeles or somebody that's not Detroit. Well, I definitely think she's going to have to deal with some consequences, which she was originally avoiding. So I don't think this was her original purpose or uh, intention. So Possibly. let's. Uh, we can talk about it, too, because she has the medication, and now if she's going to be... Obviously, we all saw the scenes from next week, and she's being held against her will in some fashion, and she's going a little cray-cray. Um... <laughs> Possibly, she's not supposed to be taking the medication, right? You're not supposed to do drugs while you're at King's Dominion, regardless of if it's pharmaceuticals. Or... No, yeah, you you should. You definitely should take your meds. Okay, at King's Dominion. So... It's the thing is that she doesn't want people to know that she has that issue because they're gonna think it's a weakness and use it against her. 
Got it. Okay, that makes more sense. Because I was thinking it was like kind of taboo to even be taking bipolar medication. I no, I think it's question. recreational drug use. Yeah, it's yeah. recreational. It's the acid. No acid. Yeah. No acid, no weed, no cocaine, no... Blah. No B12. No B12. No B12. <laughs> uh, we can mention that, too. Uh, let's talk about Willie really quick. Willie was pushed to the limit. Did you think he was going to pull the trigger? No. Oh, no, man. no, definitely no. not. Oh, no, it's, how much is he gonna take? Marcus, Marcus is Maria's uh, muse, and not Willie's. <laughs> Willie is deeply set in his resolve for passivism. I just don't know how long he's gonna last. Forever. <laughs> I think forever. There. King's Dominion. That's part of Willie's struggle at King's Dominion. You know? it's If, if that's gone, it, he, there's no more conflict. There's no... He's got that facade set up. That's his main, um, you know, character problem or hurdle. Without that... He'd have another hurdle. What's Willie's character? I don't know. <laughs> He'd have the next hurdle. Guilt. I don't know. He's already got the guilt. You seem like you had something to say on this. Oh, no. I just don't think that he would have pulled the trigger. I think, and especially up until this point, I think that we've seen Willie, you know, doesn't like the idea of killing. He doesn't want to be there. And, you know, he's a pacifist. He doesn't want to do anything. At this point, I know he will never. If you let someone like Chico come that close to you, because I feel like Chico would have... Um, Look, I'm about to say attack me. (laughs) I feel like if that type of person is in my energy space, shoot first. Oh wow! Okay, we have changed her. So, uh, we have changed, changed you. We, I feel like we're slowly learning a lot about this panel. Do you want to go sit on the couch, with Maria? I think you belong together. Just hey, your father so to fix yes. your therapy. Owen, I'm going to say something, and I want to know what you guys think. So, Marcus was brought into King's Dominion as the weakest of all of them. The person who doesn't have a street cred, really, for being a murderer, aside from what they think he did. Everyone else in Deadly Class is kind of has at least some truth to their street cred in a really messed up childhood. I think Marcus is going to be the inspiration and the cause of every single person in Deadly Class committing their first murder. Because he's already done it for three people. Yeah. He's the reason you killed Chico. Yeah. He's the reason he killed... Uh, Rory. Rory. He's the reason Willie almost killed Chico. So I think there's going to be another situation. Willie's going to have to kill somebody. And he's the reason Billy killed his father. I don't know if he's the reason. I don't reason. know if he's the reason Billy They wouldn't be in Vegas without Marcus being like, let's go do it. <laughs> True. Hmm. But so not directly, but right. He wasn't the catalyst. He wasn't. He, he, I mean, let's go to Vegas. They go to Vegas. His father's dead. They went to Vegas with the express purpose of killing his father. I think he is the catalyst. Because Marcus will always defend his friends. That's the way that he thinks. I so. think Marcus is the inspiration to get people their first kill. I think he's creating brotherhood through his own assassin organization, basically. He's creating killers. That's an interesting thought. I mean, I'd hope so. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, I could be wrong. It's just that's the dots I'm connecting together. Uh, Did you guys have anything left? Because we have to talk about Marie and Chico, and I want to bring you really into this conversation here. Because, can we all give her a round of applause? Ah, to you! You, you can't. I do have to say, Literally. you are so entertaining to watch this show with. So good. <laughs> yeah, Agreed. I was really excited. I've been looking forward to this night for months, guys. Killing Chico was my audition scene. What? what? Yes. So I've been waiting for this for almost a year. 
That's an audition scene? That was my freaking audition scene. Oh, my God. You probably did a good job. Is the casting director okay? (laughs) (laughs) She is. She is. Uh, It was a self-tape, though. Oh, got it. Um, But, yeah. So, I've been waiting for this night for, for, for almost a year. So, yeah. It was a special night. And next week's episode is really cool, too. So... You guys go for your questions because we're all in on interviewing you right now, Maria. Okay. Uh, I want to know what your favorite part of this episode overall was. Was it Killing Chico or is there another part that really spoke to you? I believe the the first time we see Marcus really tripping on acid is really fun under the car. That to me was really fun. But definitely Killing Chico. I mean, Killing Chico is... It changes everything. From mm-hmm. now on, everything's going to be different. And it was a really hard moment for everybody in the show. Like, I remember being outside in cold Vancouver shooting that 13 hours. I don't know. It was a 13-hour workday. Yes. In the night, in the dark, in the cold. And we were all in that together, you know? We, we, we would hug each other and say, we're doing it. Yes, it's, it's, it's okay. It's good. We have to keep screaming and, and, and crying and, and fighting each other. But we can do this, guys. So it was a really special moment, not only for the characters, but for the actors. Wow. How is it? Because I'm, I'm the type where it's, I wanted Chico dead from the beginning, but then I feel sympathy for the actor not working. <laughs> how how is that? I feel the no. same way every time I watch a TV show. I'm like, oh no, he he's unemployed <laughs> because I feel it. I just I feel I, bad. I understand. Um, but knowing that moment, there's a character that won't be there anymore that you spent time with, and he's and- amazing. He's adorable. Mm-hmm. We all love him so much. He's so funny. It was hard. We had a goodbye party for him oh. and everything. We went dancing. We went salsa dancing. And it was hard, but um, we knew that what's coming, what was coming next was so good that we were also looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Right. And he stayed in Vancouver for like a month oh. after oh. that. So he was there. He got <laughs> a little vacation. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, so one of the things that struck me with that, the whole, you know, Maria killing Chico scene, her face completely changed. I've never seen that expression on Maria before. What was going through her mind? After killing Chico? Right beforehand. Her face was just vicious. It's, he was going to kill all of her friends. I mean... I don't know if friendship is a word in King's Dominion, but all the people all the people she cares about. And she's just done. I mean, there's so there's just so much abuse you can take. Right. And oh, we don't know her backstory yet. Mm. Ah, I was gonna say something. We got a little bit. We got a, a little bit. Of how bit she of... was used. Yes. Right. So now you know uh, he's been using her to work with the cartel since she was a little kid. So she's been deeply abused and and it's something that's going to eventually happen. Like if you if you abuse a dog, if you kick a dog, it eventually it's it's going to bite you, you know? It's going to chase you or something. So that's that's what happened. And I and I felt like it was such an empowering moment for Maria. It's something that she really she wasn't looking uh she, she wasn't expecting to do it, but she really needed it without even knowing it. 
and it was a good moment for me too. I felt like she broke free. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. Yeah. Now I'll make this one uh, very quick. So obviously on the outside, um, for someone on the outside looking in on a toxic relationship, it's very easy for them to say like, oh, you need to get out of that. Uh, for Maria, do you think there were ever any moments where she might have genuinely thought she, that Chico was had humanity that was being of good? Co- of course. I like. I don't know about you guys, but I was in a really abusive relationship before and you think that this was just a moment this is not going to happen anymore and 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 you feel like you did something to deserve it and then you feel because that person makes you feel like you're not lovable so you won't find love anywhere else and and Chico was the only person that Maria loved in in her life her first love and relationship kind of her brother as well so it's 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 really hard i remember that scene in the restaurant mm-hmm. with emilio they were having this lovely date and i believe uh, during those moments maria forgets who chico really is and kind of lets herself believe that she has this you know flawed relationship but hey everybody else has also flawed relationships so yeah. at, at least that, that's what i thought when i was in an abusive relationship like everybody else is living the same thing so i got i got lucky i have a boyfriend you know <laughs> so yeah of course she thought that was the guy at some point and but then you know vegas happened <laughs> and Unfortunately, we're out of time, but I also want to just, I want to like end on that note. That's a really great note for all the characters in this show is whether it's between their lover, significant other, their family, it's all the characters having abusive relationships and making justifications for it. Even we see it most with Mm -hmm. Billy this episode, especially. True. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to see your backstory. Do we get that next week? Yeah. We get the backstory next week. Sweet. So good. Thank you so much for coming in. No, thank, thank you, you so much. It was really Maria. fun to watch the episode with you guys. It's so awesome. Uh, if you know what she's talking about, guys, we did a watch along, so go ahead and check out the episode. Uh, it's, it was published the same day, so you should be able to find it really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want you guys to tell us where we can find you, and I also want you to tell me what is your prime fuckface uh, moment of how does he display this murder? What do you mean, how does he display uh, this murder? P.T. Barnum. How's his, what's his P.T. Barnum moment that you think it's going to oh, come? Oh, so uh, you can find me, Veronica Valencia, on Twitter and Instagram, at it's me, Veronica V, and uh, he's going to do something very flashy, is all I can think of. Definitely. Uh, so I'm Angelica Trey. You can find me, uh, A-Trey, A-Y-Y-T-R-A-E, on most every platform, and I definitely think he's going to do something pretty flashy, and like he said, with pizzazz. I am Raven French. You can find me at Raven French on all social media. I think he'll have him in the center of something, like they do the animal, and just publicize it. Then it'll be something. Guys, you can find me on Stephen Lemieux, STBHNLMAX, and obviously, I think he's going. I think this isn't the last Maria has seen of Chico. I think Chico's coming back in a big way. (sighs) Not alive. Oh, no. Oh, and she's oh, covering no. her face with a pillow no. right now. Oh, no. In flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> better be flashbacks. Oh, that's not going to be fun for you, I don't think. But I'd like to know, aside from Deadly Class, do you have any other projects you'd like to promote, and where can the fans keep in touch with you for all their Deadly Class needs? I mostly use Instagram, and is the Faria, which is T-H-E-F-A-R-I-A, I think. I hope. English, my second language. Sorry, guys. You're doing great. Great. Awesome. And just enjoying Deadly Class and, and, and live tweeting every week. Just don't miss any episode because it's just going to get better or worse. 
Oh. Anyway, now wherever you want to see it. Jaden. Jaden. We'll be back next week. We have Benjamin Wadsworth in Yay! studio next week to talk about episode six. And then the week after that, we have Tom Stevens, who's fuckface. So it's going to be fun. Mm. Thank you so much, Thank Maria. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you all for watching. Hit that like and thumbs up, and we'll see you next week. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.